Well, good morning, Willow Park Church. Welcome to Church Online this week. We are so glad that you are joining us. A little bit different this morning, coming from the studio. And uh, we're just so grateful that you have decided to join us, whether you're watching at 9 a.m. or the 11 a.m. or at some point in the future on our many different uh, avenues that you can watch this then uh, we're all about Jesus and we're looking forward to worshiping together, sharing some communion together, and also then listening to a new start of a new series called Power Up, a study in the Holy Spirit. I know Pastor Phil and myself are looking forward to sharing a little bit later on. So uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand over to my lovely wife, Sarah, and the equally lovely Curtis, and they're going to lead you in some amazing worship. Why don't we close our eyes and commit our time to the Lord just as we settle into focusing on him and praising him now. Dear Lord, we're thankful that we can gather like this in these strange times, but knowing, Lord, you're in complete control. You are on your throne. And Lord, I thank you that you know the beginning to the end. And so we can just uh, be secure in the knowledge that you are still at work. You are not finished with your church. And uh, We're thankful, Lord, that we can gather like this as a church using this amazing technology. And so, Father, as we just focus on you right now, we pray that as we worship, as we place our attention upon you, that you will be blessed. Holy Spirit, we're thankful that you are here, ready to minister and to comfort, to teach, give revelation and inspiration. And uh, and Lord, we just hand over our time to you with expectant hearts, uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say and how you're going to minister. We ask all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll uh, hand over to Curtis and Sarah, and uh, I will speak to you really soon. Hello, and welcome to Church Online. So happy to be here with my fellow worship leader, Sarah, and with all of you gathered here online and uh, joined by the Holy Spirit. We're just so pleased to to worship with you. And a special shout out, I'm the senior adult pastor at Willow Park, so a special shout out to all my fellow seniors there. And I thought we'd start with a a classic from uh, our hymn sings. And uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can join together like this. I thank you for the creativity you put in our hearts, that you inspire the hearts of men and women to, to write songs like this. And the voices you give us to lift to you. We thank you for this time. We ask that you bless it and bless this service in Jesus' name. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. from all wrong I'll be satisfied as long as I walk let me walk close to thee just 
just a closer walk with thee Grand Jesus is my plea world of toils and snares If I falter Lord who cares Who with me my burden shares None but thee Dear Lord None but thee Just a closer walk with thee Granted Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to thee Let it be Dear Lord Let it be When this feeling Time for me will be no more Guide me gently, safely To thy kingdom shore To thy shore Just a closer walk with thee Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your sun comes up it's a new day dawning it's time to sing your song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my 
my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great. And your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord of oh my soul Oh my soul Worship His own Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending Ten thousand years and then forever more Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name, yes, I'll worship Your holy name, Lord, I'll worship Your sovereign and we thank you so much that you are unchanging in changing times you are the rock we can lean on you are all the beauty of the world out of nothing you created everything We lay things at your feet, Lord. All those things that burden us, all those things that trouble us, they're not really ours to carry. I confess, I'm sorry I even tried. We give them to you, the sovereign Lord.
Lord, I come and I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are, and where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand I'll fall on you cause Jesus you're my hope and stay My one defense, my right. 
righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Thank you, Lord. We need you and you are there. We give you the rest of this day. Bless the rest of this service. Bless us all as we go through this rest of the day and the rest of the week and the times ahead of us, knowing that, yeah, we need you and yeah, you are always there. You are mighty, you are holy, you are great, you are everything, and we love you. Jesus, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy the rest of the service. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today. What a beautiful time of worship together. I love that song. Um, some would say it's an old song now, Lord, I Need You. Um, but it's really just such a reflection of where we are at as Christians and what we believe in, that we cannot do life without Jesus, but we can't fix ourselves, we can't do what we need to do in order to feel fulfilled and forgiven and the comfort that he brings. And so now is a wonderful time, it's such a great launching point, that song, to consider Lord's Supper or communion. And so I hope that you've been able to get some wine or some juice and some bread. Uh, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians in, uh, 11 in just a second. But this passage uh, from Isaiah 42 is uh, is going to be something that we uh, that we look at in our sermon later on, and it's Isaiah the prophet pointing uh, towards Jesus coming back, and uh, he says, "I've put my spirit upon him; he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break." And a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. And this is Isaiah speaking about Jesus, the Messiah, coming in power. And it speaks to his humility, his sacrifice. And, uh, and he, Jesus himself said, nobody takes my life from me. I give it up myself. He willingly sacrificed himself for our sin. For all those who believe in him, the Bible says, can be forgiven and enjoy eternal life. And all the promises that this life can bring as a spirit-filled life. So as we come now, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11. And I'm going to keep it very simple because it's a time of reflection and personal confession and prayer. And, uh, And as we read it, I just want you to close your eyes. And then I will pray and we'll take the bread and the juice together. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread together and let's pray, and then we'll partake together as church family. Lord Jesus, thank you that this bread represents your body, your body broken for us, Lord, the promise of forgiveness, the promise, Lord, of rescue, redemption, that, Lord, as we've just read, you willingly went to the cross, but filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You gave up your life for all those who believe so that we can have wonderful forgiveness and closeness and relationship with the Father. 
And so, Lord, as we come now and we recognize the sacrifice that you gave, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just impress upon each one of us again the enormity of your love for us, that you chose us and you willingly went to the cross for us. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Let's take the bread together. Paul continues in the same way. Also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray together and then we will take the cup together. Lord Jesus, thank you for what this cup represents. This new covenant you said, that Lord, you are the sacrifice of sacrifices. Lord, we've moved from that old covenant of having to make animal sacrifices to cover our sins to you, Jesus. The writer of Hebrews said, you are our high priest and you ended all that sacrifice because by your death and by your sacrifice that Lord, you took the punishment that I truly deserve. Thank you just seems to be so small a word to say in comparison to the enormity of what you did. So Lord, I pray now as we take this cup together as a church family, that Lord, you would just, by your spirit, remind us once again, Lord, of that cosmic conflict, that that change of heart, that new creation that you bring. Lord, we're just so, so grateful. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So let's take the cup together. So thank you, Lord, again for the good news that, Lord, as church family, we can do this together because, Lord Jesus, you went before us and gave your life for us. So, Father, as we just think now as to the rest of our time together, we pray a blessing upon it. Lord, I pray you would speak to us really clearly through your word. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in this church. We pray for all the other churches that are gathering in this way around the city right now. Pray blessing on them as well. Thank you, Lord, that you, as I have already prayed, are not finished with your local church. And uh, we're just so grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now I'm going to hand over to Courtney and she's going to take you through some of the exciting things that are happening in the church right now. As we keep saying, we are not in maintenance mode through COVID. We're very much on mission and, and, and I, I can say with absolute confidence the team at Willow Park Church is constantly at work looking for creative ways to share the gospel. And really that's because of your continued generosity. Thank you for uh, continuing to give. You can give right now. Um, if you choose to do so, and we're just, we're just praying that the Lord will speak to you about what that looks like. In the New Testament, it's really clear that we should give generously, cheerfully, regularly. It should pinch. Um, and so we know that that is the testimony of so many of you as you continue to give to your local church. So thank you. Um, I'm, I'm humbled. I, I get to work with the numbers on a day-to-day basis. I'm humbled by your Uh, amazing. You're just such an incredible church family. So thank you for that. 
So over to Courtney, and then uh, after Courtney, Pastor Phil will be sharing, and I will be sharing uh, this amazing new series, Power Up, uh, about the work and the theology of the Holy Spirit. God bless. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us today. Here is your family news. Our in-person youth programs are happening again this week in the Cahoots Lounge. Grades 9 to 12 join us on Wednesday night, and grades 6 to 8 join us on Thursday night. Pre-registration is required for the Cahoots Lounge, and you can get all the details at cahoots.ca. We have some exciting news to share for all of our kids. We are now offering in-person kids' church at 10.30 every Sunday morning at both our Rutland and our Mission locations. We are also making a change to kids' church online. We are now live streaming at 8.30 a.m. only. But, as always, you can watch kids' church on demand anytime on our website, Facebook, or YouTube. Please save the date for our financial meeting happening May 26th at 7 p.m., and our all-church meeting happening May 27th at 7 p.m. Both of these meetings will be happening online using Zoom. Watch our website and your email box for more information coming soon. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, good morning, and I'm delighted to be with you this morning and to be able to share. It's been quite a busy weekend. We had our BCMB uh, AGM this weekend, and so long meetings, uh, listening a lot to a lot of people. You know, those preachers can talk, says he, who probably can talk the very most. Uh, I was always known as a little child, chattering away, and always... um, could never shut me up. I was like the news of the world. But you know, that's a newspaper in England that just keeps creating. I think, don't think it even exists now. Anyway, enough of this chatter. We are starting a new series, dear friends. And thank you for joining us and gathering online. It is always, I consider it a real privilege and a real blessing that you spend time uh, in your homes, to tune in and to listen to this message. That's a real blessing and thank you so much. Thank you for your ongoing support of Willow Park Church. For those of you that are joining us uh, on lawn and the drive-in, we're also really grateful. I know that some of you watch it at nine o'clock in the morning and then you come and you drive in as well and join us or volunteer. I just am amazed at the capacity and the willingness of our church family to step in, not step out, and to be involved in the life of our church, which I'm looking forward will start to shift again in the near future, and we can start to gather in person. But as we begin this new series, we've simply called it Powered Up. And really, uh, it's a study of the Holy Spirit. I think it's important that as we begin this this teaching and as we move our way towards the day of Pentecost and beyond. Of course, Pentecost is in a couple of weeks. And Pentecost was the birthday of the church. Pentecost was the moment when God moved and worked and and the church received 
that power, that they were changed completely from almost being fearful cowards to becoming courageous soldiers in the kingdom of God, going to, into all the world and proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And so I want to start my teaching on the power and work of the Holy Spirit really at a fundamental level. Explain some themes and some work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Explain how God comes and speaks to us and encourages us. Explain how the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is and operates within the life of Jesus, within the life of the church and within our lives. And at the end of it, I want to pause for a moment and pray. And this will be a feature of our teaching over the weeks to come, that we'll pause and perhaps sometimes worship, sometimes just stop, and again ask the Lord to come close to us by the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. I had the opportunity to go to Kamloops and uh, for training for the chaplaincy, as many of you know, for many years now, I don't know, maybe eight years, I've been the fire chaplain for the Kelowna Fire Department. It means that I basically drink lots of cups of coffee and eat donuts. And also I uh, officiate ceremonies, remembrance days, um, when we remember those who have fallen and died through act of, um, of service with the fire department. And of course, uh, 9-11 has been something that has been marked for many, many years by the um, fire service. So it's, it's ceremonial and I support and help with uh, weddings and funerals and so on and get opportunity to be with firefighters uh, and often volunteer firefighters at end of life as well, and pray with people and connect with them. Part of this, I had to go for training to become a chaplain in the fire service and go through a process of how to be a chaplain. We all went to Kamloops. Kamloops has a training center, and we uh, sat in this small classroom with about 15 to 20 other chaplains from around British Columbia and went through the process of training. It was really interesting. And at the end of it, we were taken out and shown a simulation. This meant that they've got this big concrete building about the size of a small town house with windows and doors. And they put furniture inside and then... They set light to the furniture, also placing uh, dummies around the building to be rescued. So they make the call, and in the distance you can hear the siren as, as the engine is making its way towards the training site. It's come from one of the stations in Kamloops. And we're all stood around as, um, as chaplains, eagerly watching, seeing what's happening, because they want to explain the process of what happens when a fire breaks out and how long it takes and what happens step by step. So the engine pulls up and the, uh, the firefighters jump out and their professionalism starts and they start to, to pull out the hoses, get everything into uh, right uh, position. And then the, um, 
the lead, the captain, walks around the building, finds where there is a key spot where, it, where the fire is probably, the seat of the fire is, and they create a, another entrance at the back, break a window or something where the seat of the fire is because they want to do something that they call vent it through. And so then they pulled out this massive fan. I wondered, what is this fan? And they put this fan in front of the door. And when they were ready, they switched it on. And they, they simply sent cool air into the building. I watched this with interest. thought, what's going on here? Uh, I never have seen, I thought, you know, water, foam, Fight your way in. And the air was, was going into the building. And within a few minutes, they'd got to the seat of the fire, put it out, rescued the dummies, done all that they needed to be, packed up, and then it was open for questions. So I kind of felt a little stupid. And I kind of sheepishly said, um, I noticed that you had a fan. Why did you have a fan? Well, the captain looked at me. I said, because when I blow on my fire in my hearth, the fire gets hotter and burns quicker. And you're blowing cold air into a building. Surely that will get the fire going. It will get hotter and it will create more problems than good. He looked at me and said, there's been a lot of research into this. And you'll be surprised to know that actually the opposite happens. As the air is blown in to the, um, into the building, suddenly all the toxic smoke is cleared. And there the firefighter has the ability to see into the building, go in with the cool air, as it were, behind and around and about the firefighter, go in and they're able to see where the bodies possibly could be, where the seat of the fire is, and it speeds up the process. It clears the toxins and the smoke, and it creates a more helpful environment to be able to rescue the people and to make a difference. The air, the wind, the airflow, the ventilation, the positive air ventilation creates an effect in the building that is positive. Well, I can't help but start to get my mind thinking about this. Because often I think that our lives can become like a, a toxic building burning in our souls. That our own life and our own body can be full of so much damage and pain. That our own experience can be full, uh, our mind can be full of fog and full of smoke. I guess that's exactly how the disciples felt. They'd been with Jesus, he had taught them, he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. But they weren't courageous, they weren't bold, they weren't on fire for God. They were in a prayer meeting for 10 days. But then suddenly there was a shaking and there was a coming and the fire of God started to def 
descend. But we also know that the wind of God came. That the, as it were, the breath of God came. And the tongues of fire rested on each of those that were gathered. And then there was that, that wind of God. The presence of God came. And when the presence of God comes, it seems what happens is that it clears the toxins, it clears the smoke, it clears the garbage. Christ comes and rescues us and renews us and changes us. And very often the Spirit of God has been uh, represented as the Ruah, as the breath of God at work, clearing out, moving away the toxins, bringing life where there is death, bringing hope and joy and glory. And that wind makes all the difference. So I want to start at that point with this teaching. That we are so fortunate as believers to have the gift of the Holy Spirit within our own lives, within our own tents, within, if you like, our own house. But often, we don't see the fruit and the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives that we really should. And I want to encourage you that this series is about us in a pandemic, facing problems, when, when our minds can become misty, foggy. They can become full of, of that smoke and that toxin that we need the ongoing work of the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives. You know that the whole of the Bible is about God's story and God's presence with his people and God wanting to restore our relationship with him whereby his presence dwells in our lives. You know that the presence of God was in the garden. You know that the presence of God dwelt in the covenant of Abraham. You know that the presence of God was with Moses at the burning bush. You know that the presence of God was with Moses on the mountain in the tabernacle. They built the temple and the temple experienced the glory of God. And then one day the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and filled all of the believers with the Holy Spirit. And now we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Now we have God's down payment within us. Now we have God's power at work within our lives. So open the doors of your life and let the wind blow right in. Open the door of your life and create that moment where God will come. What you do realize about the work of the Holy Spirit, dear friends, is that there's a lot of metaphor. And I, uh, I can see that that is um, really important for us because what my experience is, is that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and seems to minister to each people at where they're at in their journey, their personality. There doesn't seem to be one set way. That we are individuals and God meets with us, as even with salvation, in, in numerous different ways. Some people are instant, some people are process. Some people feel something, some people look around one day and think, wow, I can really see the change. How did that happen? The work of the Holy Spirit at work within your life. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit has been ignored and misunderstood. 
in many of our churches for many, many years. There seems to have been two wings within the church, that there is the the church that are all into the Holy Spirit and the church that are not into the Holy Spirit. And it's as if we've created a great divide that never should exist within the church at all. Because as I will show you, the Holy Spirit mustn't be ignored in the life of the church because it's the Holy Spirit that is the great evangelist. The Holy Spirit is the one that comforts us. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes and gives us peace. The Holy Spirit is present at the birth when we become Christians. The Holy Spirit guides us and leads us and brings us into that relationship with God. So never in our lives should we be willing to ignore the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Kind of keep that quiet, not something to be talked about. You see, the Holy Spirit is not an it, it's not a thing, it's not a force, it's not a kind of invisible, kind of weird, ghostly power that exists. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit within the triune God who is one. And we know within the Trinity that they glorify each other, that they honor each other, that they exalt each other, that they commune with each other, that they look at each other, that they that there is this what C.S. Lewis called a divine and holy dance between God the Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit. That there is this eternal dance that has taken place throughout eternity where the three in one commune together, relate together, because God is love. You can only love when you have others to love. And this is the great mystery, is that God isn't alone, but God is one, but in three. And part of that, and it is a mystery, and sometimes we try to explain it by giving examples in Sunday school of the sun, examples of an egg, example, example, but it is divine. It is glorious. It is a mystery. It is part of the wonder and the glory of God, that within the Godhead, there is God, the Holy Spirit, and He is a person, as we know from John 14, verse 17. He is a person that is there, that operates, that works, that moves. Not only is he a person, but he thinks, he speaks, he guides, and he grieves. See those four aspects. In Acts 15, 28, it talks about he thinks. In Acts 1 verse 16, he speaks, he guides, Romans 8 verse 14, and he grieves, Ephesians 4 30. And so I think sometimes we have to stop thinking about the Holy Spirit as an it and start to think about the Holy Spirit as a person. How does this all work? Well, it's it's mysterious and beautiful and magnificent and glorious. And it takes us into the inner workings of God that we can barely understand. But who is the Holy Spirit? 
Well, we know in Acts 7 verse 51, it says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? But your ancestors did, and so do you. Isn't this interesting? Of course, they were talking to the religious leaders, to those who were schooled in all of the Torah. They understood the Pentateuch. They understood all of, 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 of the laws and the commandments. And yet one thing they failed to understand, and here they are called heathen at heart. Heathen. Why? Because you have not surrendered to the work of God the Holy Spirit within your life. You're not open to God the Holy Spirit leading you. You're living your life, but He is not filling your life. He is not in every part of your life. We have to be willing to invite Him to come into every part of our life. But your ancestors did, and so do you. For everyone, you must you forever resist the Holy Spirit. And I guess the point is this. If I can resist the Holy Spirit, then I can welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives. There should be nothing about us that resists the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit within us. That we should trust God. I often explain it like this, that my life is like a house. I've already spoken about a house fire. But I become a Christian and I invite Jesus into the entrance of the house. In the United Kingdom, we call this the porch. Every house has a porch. It's where you put your Wellingtons, your Galoshias. It's where you put your your boots and your umbrellas because it rains a lot. It's where... You take off your raincoat because it rains a lot and hang it up. And there you then step from the porchway and often you have potted plants growing in the porch because it's nice and warm but it's not too hot. And it has glass and, and you have all your potted pants, uh, plants, not pants, huh. uh, pants there, plants uh, there and you come in and as you walk in, you're into your house. But when we invite Jesus Christ into our life, often it's like we've invited him into, into the porch. And as we are invited into this porch, we invite him there, we keep him there. And we see him on Sundays, we see him on Wednesdays, we see him at different times. But we don't let him into the rest of the house, into the different rooms, into the attic, into the basement. Why? Because it takes a willingness to surrender every part of our life over to the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. So we must avoid being stubborn, must avoid resisting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been resisted. We understand that. And so we want to 
allow the Holy Spirit to work and do the work of sanctification, do the work of changing our character, do that work within our lives. And often it's as simple as pausing and going, yes, Lord, fill me, fill me with your presence. What does the Spirit do? Well, this is where we can start to understand some real truths. First of all, births us into God's family. John 3, 5 and 8. For we are born of the Spirit. We are born again. It's that work of the Spirit that makes a difference. It is impossible for a Christian to be a Christian and to be part of the family of God without being born again and born of the Spirit. The reason you know God is because you were born of the Spirit. The reason you have a relationship with God is because He came into your life and you became a member of the family of God and you received the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is a mystery, but it is glorious. And I've seen it countless times as people who do not necessarily believe in God have come to God and they've prayed to Him. They've confessed their sins. they received the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then suddenly, such a peace and a power and a sense of of being clean, a new beginning takes place and God works. God works within their lives and they become a member of the family of God. He gives us access to the Father that we can now have that relationship in prayer, that prayer is intimate, it's alive, it's beautiful because the Holy Spirit gives us that access. And sometimes there are moments when we are praying and we're coming close to God and we experience that closeness and that intimacy at work. He helps us in prayer. Yes, sometimes when we don't know how to pray, Romans 8, 26 says that we Pray with the Holy Spirit, with groans and utterances, that we come close. And sometimes we don't know how to pray. But because we have the Spirit and we're part of God's family, and we're born into the family, because we have access to the Father, when we come to pray, there is a life and there is an energy and there is a connection that is deep and glorious. Not always, because there are times when we go through periods of silence and we go through periods of, of where we, we don't necessarily feel that connection and we do it out of faithfulness. But there are those glorious moments where we know in the intimacy and the closeness of prayer that God is at work in situations and we know that our heart is one with God and that oneness comes by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And this is something to be desired. This is something to long for. Our prayer lives can be revolutionized by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and we can't wait to get into the presence of God We can't wait to have our daily devotions, to do our journaling, to read scripture, because we know that God's going to give us something, that we're going to know that his presence is there and his presence is at work within our lives. That is what attracted me to Christianity. 
truly, it was the reality of a living relationship with God through the work of the Holy Spirit that made all the difference to me as a son of an atheist, raised with no faith and no Christianity. I didn't want to just have a cerebral uh, knowledge of God because we can all have knowledge. I wanted the reality of a relationship that Christ purchased upon that cross. Amen. It's beautiful. It is remarkable. It is profound. Don't leave Jesus in the porch of your life. Let him in every room of your house, even the rooms that you are ashamed of. And let him come and let him work and let him speak and let him minister within you. It helps us to understand God's word. You know this is a big thing. I do believe that the more we read the Word of God, the more we meditate on the Word of God, the more we memorize the Word of God, the greater the work of the Holy Spirit is within our lives. It, it changes us. It, um, the Holy Spirit comes through the Word and the Spirit. In fact, the Bible teaches that, that the Bible can't be understood Truly, without the revelation of the Spirit at work in the believer's life. And this is a gift that comes to us by the work of the Holy Spirit. So get powered up. Step in to what God has for you. Fifth, he develops character in us. The fruit of the Spirit. How he brings kindness and patience and, and love and how he brings faithfulness and joy and all those beautiful fruits of the Spirit that is a process that as we surrender daily to God and let God move and work in our lives, he adjusts and he changes our characters. He takes us deeper into himself and that, that sense of God becomes so real within us. Empowers us to minister. You see, we know truly that Christian service should be done not in the flesh, but should be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. That one should teach the Word of God under and through the work of the Spirit. That you should lead that care group. That things that you do in life is with mission should be through the work of the Spirit. And it's so easy to forget that in life and in ministry, in daily living, that we should be actively seeking the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. To parent your children, it's hard. To look for God's wisdom when you have teenagers, it's tough. To know how to deal with that difficult work relationship, we need the Holy Spirit. To know how to cope with life's difficulties, sickness, financial challenges, or maybe you're searching for a job. We need and look for the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. God did not leave us to struggle alone. He came to be with us. And the more we move towards the uh, end of our lives, can I encourage you not to become more hard-hearted, but to become more consumed by God's presence, that a sense of 
heaven and earth, that God's presence is at work within our lives, within every room, in every area, within every situation. God's presence is at work within our lives. Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son and I am fully pleased with you. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Jesus' ministry began with a very profound moment when the Holy Spirit came, descended on him in the form of a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved son. I am fully pleased with you. Jesus was about 30 years old. I love this connection with the dove. Right at the beginning of creation, when God spoke creation into existence in that moment, it says that the Spirit of the Lord went to and fro. In the Hebrew, it has a sense of a bird flying, of moving, of presence. And here we see Jesus being filled with the Spirit, ready to embark upon his ministry into the world, into Galilee, and to preach, and into Judea, and to be there in Jerusalem, and to face all the opposition, to face all of the, the crowds and the people, the hustle and the bustle, the public opinion, the ridicule and the love, to face the violence that would come and eventually to face the crucifixion, he could only fulfill the role and his calling in his ministry by the work of the Holy Spirit that commissioned him and was with him there. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. He also needed the affirmation of the Father that he was loved and God was pleased with him. And often what we need in our own lives is a deep sense that we are loved, that God is pleased with us through Jesus Christ. And God wants to give us and power us up to live life, to move forward, to be courageous, to shine for Him, to show love when it's almost impossible, to show love, to know that spirit at work within our lives. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit for ministry. And no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice a number of things. First of all, notice 
The, the writer says, no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus in his humanity was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do his task. And I absolutely believe that for us as believers who are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we need the work of the Holy Spirit to do the task that God is asking us to do. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He did good. He healed those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What a great verse. It captures the mission and the heart of the church. There's individuals that we would live our lives doing good. That as individuals, <clears throat> we would move around in life full of God's presence, full of God's power, allowing him to use us and make a difference. And I love that little phrase that it says, delivering all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He healing all who were oppressed. There is so much oppression and darkness in this world. There's so much depression. There's so much negativity. There is so much hate. There's so much confusion and anxiety. There is so much Loneliness, particularly in a time of pandemic, when we understand how people are feeling. They're feeling completely disorientated. They're feeling like they're lost in some kind of fog on a moor. And they feel like at any moment they could trip and fall into quicksand or a bog and be found there lost and struggling. But what the Holy Spirit wants to do in lives is to bring freedom, is to bring life, and that those who feel oppressed, those that feel lost, those that feel like they can't cope, that the Holy Spirit comes and sets them free. I love that about the faith. I love it when I meet with people who are in who are oppressed by many things. And there are moments when the Holy Spirit comes just through chatting, through a moment of prayer, through a moment of confession, and God brings freedom. There's moments when I talk to a, a school teacher who lives with continuous anxiety, and after bringing it all to the Lord, Suddenly that feeling like elastic band around a heart is so tight, is broken, and freedom comes. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, freeing those who are oppressed. A man who is addicted to pornography, who can't find his way out of the, the maze of that kind of pain and dysfunction and difficulty. And suddenly one day, it's as if, God comes into that maze and blows a hole in the wall and says, walk this way, and God brings freedom. That's only by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Another man full of anger, always angry at somebody, 
always angry about this situation. In the home, one has to walk around on eggshells gently, stepping carefully about how you respond, how you look, how you speak, how you act, what you talk about, because this individual may have a short fuse. And at any moment, that short fuse could go off and there's a problem. And yet one day the Holy Spirit comes and brings freedom and brings healing and the anger turns into peace and God comes and sets free from that oppression. It's amazing. Maybe it's like a man that sat with me for many weeks to speak about the accident of his son. Often we never said a lot. Often we just talked and thought about God. The pain and the suffering he felt sat there. One day he looked at me and said, I don't know what you've done. But I feel different and I feel free and I'm able to leave the past behind me. I didn't do anything. It's this verse that was at work. It's the verse that makes the difference that Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus is still around doing all of those things by being at work, by ministering and freeing all those who are oppressed. And let me remind you, my dear friends, as we look at this, and this is quite a, I've got a lot of slides, and I know where I'm going to get through this sermon. We have to do part one and part two as the introduction. But God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit for ministry, and we can only live this Christian life by allowing the Holy Spirit to fill every room of our lives, that Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. When he was anointed at his baptism, that we are reminded that we become Christians by the Holy Spirit, that we're given access to the Father by the Holy Spirit, that he helps us to pray and come close, that he helps us to understand God's word and what it means to our lives and speaks to us, that he develops that character and empowers us to the ministry and life that we're called for, that the Holy Spirit wants to work within us. So let's pause for a moment as we close. Thank you for listening. Can I remind you of my opening illustration? That massive fan put at the doorway of a burning house to blow away the toxins of the smoke to save lives and to save that house from being destroyed. The breath of God, the the filling of the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. See, every Christian has the Holy Spirit. But I've discovered, and so I believe Scripture teaches that not every Christian is full of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can be grieved and resisted. Let me remind you of the image of the house with the porch And leaving Jesus there and only seeing him on a Wednesday 
Bible study or Sunday morning and coming in and out of your life, but never allowing him into any other part of your life. Let me remind you, at the end, that Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. We only find great freedom by pausing and letting the Holy Spirit be at work within our lives. I'll finish on this, Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to be cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Christ laid down his divinity, picked up his humanity, if you like, and could only minister by that beautiful connection between God and the Holy Spirit. Between Him being able to minister by the presence of the Spirit being at work within His life. And so this is so true for our lives. Can I ask you for a moment, if you've got a quiet spot where you are, maybe you're alone in a room, maybe where you're sat, if you're able to do this, why don't you stand for a moment and just close your eyes and maybe place your hands out. Maybe go on your knees. Or maybe if you're sat and you just want to stay seated, stay where you are and just close your eyes. And for this moment, just invite the Holy Spirit to come and work within your life. And for the next days before next Sunday, can I encourage you every day at some point to pause like this and just say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. The Apostle Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. In other words... Be willing, rather than take wine in, as it were, drink deeply from your relationship with God and ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit right now. So just get comfortable where you're at. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you will come by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit to every person that is watching now. Wherever they are, I can't see anybody, whether they're standing or kneeling or sitting, whether they're opening their hands or not, or just sat there before you. Lord, I pray that over the weeks to come, as a church community, we will come closer closer to you. And so this morning I pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill your believers with your presence now. Bring that closeness.
Bring that peace. Bring your presence to them, Lord. Minister to them, Lord, now I pray. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Maybe if you're with a a friend or your husband or wife, maybe just reach out and pray for each other and bless each other. Don't be dry. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. And next week, we'll continue this teaching and go farther and deeper and aim to answer all your questions. But for today, know that it's by the work of the Holy Spirit that you are born again and that you are a Christian. Come, Lord, and fill us afresh. Come close to us. Come close to us, I pray. I'm going to finish now. But I hope you will carry on for a few more minutes. Maybe longer. That you will seek the Lord afresh. That his closeness will come to you. And if you experience a moment with the Lord, drop me an email. Tell me what the Lord did and how the Lord ministered to you on this Sunday morning. And I'll be back next week to continue the teaching, part two of this sermon, that obviously is a lot longer than I anticipated, about the ongoing work and ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the Lord be with you, and may his Spirit fill you.